Well, what do you say on your last Sunday, or the third time around? <clears throat> but now I get to keep this, so I don't know. Rick, thank you. He draws one of these every Sunday. I just don't get to see most of them, I think. <laughs> I'm glad, I guess, I don't know. Thank you. Um, what do you say but uh, that it has been a privilege to serve you these almost seven years? We have, as many have said, uh, laughed together and cried together, and you have uh, shared your life with me, and uh, I've shared my life with you, uh, as has Paul prayed sometimes more than some of you want, but uh, my daughter tells me that I'm a high-disclosure person, so <laughs> you get it. And, uh, and I just say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to have served you and to have served with you, to have lifted the name of Jesus as high as we possibly could. And... Uh, I know that God has uh, good things in store for me and good things in store for this church because that's who God is, right? That's who God is. That's just his character. And we have to trust in those things. We, uh, we've been talking about prayer, and I'm, I'm really glad that that... Uh, that was kind of accidental. It didn't really wasn't intended as kind of the last series I would ever preach here. Um, but I'm glad it was on prayer. Um, I love to pray. Uh, I learned to pray um, more seriously with my wife, who absolutely loved to pray. You can't be around Norma very long without um, having your prayer life expand. <laughs> into bigger and more potent and uh, more trusting moments with God. Um, and so it's a fitting thing that we stop with that. We, um, we've talked uh, a bit about prayer here. We, we talked about uh, praying what I said were kind of ridiculous prayers the prayer of Abraham actually asking God, I want to see your face. I want to see your glory. Kind of ridiculous, and yet it is at the very heart of a passionate desire for God. It's what we need, right? It's what we need. I need, you need, we need is that passionate desire for God that says, I want you above all else. And I'm not going to be satisfied with anything less than God, your very presence and your very glory among us. None of us will get far without that. Well, we talked about... Uh, a little bit about 
prayers of forgiveness on the cross and those kinds of things. That's been a series back. We talked about a historical sense of prayers from disciples. Um, Prayers that people who had a heartbeat for God prayed for themselves or for the church. And that desire for God to continue to work uh, in their lives no matter what's going on. I uh, love those prayers. We talked, uh, we talked about how we position ourselves with God through our prayer life. When we, when we pray uh, to declare who God is really prepares us to receive what we need from God. The sermon you're missing out because I do have one more in this, unless you'd like to go until one o'clock. And I could do that with you, but I won't. The prayer that uh, I'm just going to fly by right now was the next one in the series that I was going to preach was uh, prayers for the church. Um, Jesus prayed some wonderful prayers over his disciples and um, praying for their oneness and praying for their unity, praying for their protection, praying for their empowering of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. And and that would be a good sermon series in itself. But, but I want to talk today about uh, not, not just the prayers of those kinds of things because they're, they're so great. But, you know, Apostle Paul prayed amazing prayers for the church. He, he prayed in Ephesians that that they would understand and know more and more and more the love of God. That they would understand this great love that God has for us that would be indescribable in its depth and indescribable in its height and, and its breadth. But that God would just fill us up to overflowing with his great love for us. Wouldn't that be a great thing? I mean, that, 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 those are the kind of prayers that we read that the the disciples prayed over the church that Jesus prayed over the church and and um, those prayers are still active but some of my most favorite prayers are the prayers of Jesus and that's what we're going to talk about today Jesus prayed a, a lot of prayers um, only a few of them are actually recorded in scripture um, Many of them were prayers that he prayed as a um, kind of a teaching moment with people. He taught the disciples to pray. We went through the Lord's Prayer. Uh, he, he, prayed, he prayed prayers like over Lazarus when Lazarus had died and he was going to raise him from the dead. Um, he prayed prayers like, oh, Father, I, I pray this prayer so that others would see you and know you and your work at hand. Essentially saying, I could have just said, get up. And Lazarus would have got, gotten up and walked out and that kind of thing. Um, but he prayed prayers that, that the people would know God in, in their fullness, know God in his power and recognize that it was God that was doing it, those kind of things. He, he prayed prayers in, in front of people when he had the loaves and fishes and his simple prayers. And he held it up for all to see and prayed that the Lord God would bless them. And he broke the bread and he broke the fishes and he gave them away. And there was a miracle that happened. He prayed prayers that, uh, you know, as we mentioned, he prayed prayers over his disciples that God would protect them and bless them. And 
and uh, bind their hearts together. He, he prayed some pretty amazing prayers on the cross. Um, he prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That was one of those ridiculous prayers. We know what they're doing. <laughs> Everybody knew what he was doing. Or at least they thought they knew what they were doing. But Jesus knew that they didn't really know what they were doing. And he prays that prayer, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Then he prays this amazingly intimate prayer. And he prays from the cross, Father, into your hands do I commit my spirit. When you're about to die, that's probably a good thing to pray. Just, just in case you needed you know, one of those last words kind of moments. Father, into your hands. Probably works on other occasions as well. But my favorite prayer of Jesus was the prayer that he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. You know, you know the story, you, you know the, the process of all of that. It's uh, Jesus doing what we did, sharing together in the Passover meal. Jesus transforming um, the common bread and the common cup into something completely different. Singing a hymn, by the way, not a chorus. Just thought I'd throw that out. And then went out to the garden to pray. He brought his disciples out and he uh, left most of them huddled together in part of the garden and went on a little further with Peter, James, and John and left them and went on a little further and by himself. And there he fell on his face and he cried out to God, Father, if there be any other way, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. He goes back to his disciples and there he finds his disciples and they're sleeping. Anybody who's played, prayed late at night? That's not an uncommon thing to just happen. And he wakes them up and he says, guys, what's going on? Don't you understand the gravity of the moment? Watch and pray. And he goes back and he prays again. Father, if there be any other way, if, if there's somehow that we could 
do something different here. Could you make it so? But not my will, but your will be done. He gets up and he finds his disciples sleeping again. And he says, can't you just stay up a little bit with me? Can't, can't you just pray with me just a little bit? Watch and pray that you might not enter into temptation. He goes back and he prays again. Not my will, but your will, Father, be done. One scripture writer, gospel writer, actually says that that Jesus prayed so intensely and so intentionally that he actually sweat drops of blood. I've prayed a lot of prayers and I've asked some pretty intentional prayers. I've prayed some prayers like that, but I've never sweat drops of blood. It's a big deal. It's a big moment. In fact, I think it's such a big moment that, that I, I would just venture the case to say this, that, that while we very appropriately give a lot of attention, as we will be in this next Holy Week and on Easter and all, on the cross of Jesus, on his crucifixion, on his death and shed blood, I would venture to say to you that the, 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 the real deal was not done on the cross, but it was done in the garden. For it was in the garden when, when Jesus came to that place where he just said, it's okay. It's not what I want to go through, but it's okay. Not my will, but your will be done, God. Everything else was just an outgrowth of that kind of prayer, that kind of heart, that kind of heartbeat attitude. The betrayals, the arrests, the false statements, the beatings, the abuse, the scourging, the nailing of his body, to a cross. It's just the outflow of a heart that had already said, God, not my will, but your will be done. It was a done deal. You see, I think that's important for us. Because I, I would just say to you as, as I'm going out from this place that, that we who are Nazarenes, we who hold high a doctrine of holiness and entire sanctification of a spirit-filled life, 
I would just say to you that the very essence of that message is found in the garden. It's found in the statement that says, God, not my will, but your will be done. That is the life of holiness lived out. That is the life of surrender lived out. That is the life of the Spirit lived out. And every time we struggle with that my will, God's will thing, we walk into dangerous paths. many times did I sit by Norma's bedside <laughs> and say, oh God, couldn't you just heal my wife? And yet in the end, you have to say, God, not my will, but thy will be done. How many times do we face those critical moments when we are forced into those kinds of choices? And whenever we kind of give just lip service to not my will, but thy will be done. We get off track with God and we get off track with each other. Today is my last Sunday. Last sermon. You're likely to hear me preach for a good many years. I've told somebody I will come back for your 110th anniversary. I'm, I'm available if you'll have me. But I guess amongst all the other things that I would want you to remember about me and about my messages. It would be the idea that, first of all, that God's goodness is not defined by my circumstances. To which I would also add, The church's goodness is not defined by our circumstances. To which I would also add, I am not defined. <laughs> and you are not defined by our circumstances. We, the church, and God 
are all defined by who he is. Don't ever, don't ever misunderstand that. But beyond that, I would just say to you this. There is no greater prayer than you can pray. There is no greater life that you can live out. There is no greater proclamation of holiness. That's what we're about here, right? Then the words and the life that says, not my will, but thy will. Father, into your hands do we give all that we are. That's a big deal. When we say all that we are, if we really mean it, it means Hopes, dreams, the good stuff, and the tough stuff. Us, when we're shining examples of grace and mercy and holiness. Us, when we kind of look like tarnished vessels. All of us surrender all that we are. And in that place, we find hope. And so, Lord, we pray with Jesus. Not my will, but your will be done now and always. Lord, that's not a promise of easy days. We get that. It's not a promise of great success. But it is a statement of surrender statement of trust. It is a statement with eternal values behind it. And so, Lord, I say it. We individually say it. As a church, we say it. And in it, we take hope. Hope in you. Hope for today, hope for tomorrow, hope for eternity. Lord, would you bless your church? Would you keep them? Move in beside them. Be big in their lives. Don't let anything, don't let anything come. 
Lord, may surrender be the watchword of who we are. I hope and trust. Describe us. May you do good things in and through us. For God, you are good. souls know it well. And your goodness cannot be found by our circumstances. We love you, Jesus. Take us.